You know, sometimes I am not sure where these stories come from. For instance, if you've ever taken a CPR class, then you know about the CPR doll that gets used there, right? In the United States, it's sometimes referred to as CPR Annie. Why? Well, it turns out there's a lot of history behind the CPR doll. It goes all the way back to the 19th century and maybe even to a body that was pulled out of the river in Paris. Now, that is a history we need to talk about. Dr. Ange Oseo is an associate professor of Romance Studies and director of the Centre for French and Francophone Studies at Duke University and joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your invitation. Dr. Sayo, what do we know? Was it really a body in the 19th century that led us to having a CPR doll today? So the answer is going to be quite complex. Um, it's not that direct. So the, 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 the CPR doll you're referring to, Rissusi Annie, was made uh, based on the mask of the unknown woman, unknown woman of the Seine, l'inconnu de la Seine. And it's a death mask, uh, well, supposedly a death mask of a beautiful woman, uh, quite young, certainly uh, about 16 years of age. Um, she's smiling. She has a very peaceful smile. She seems to be asleep. Her eyes are closed. And the story that went along with this mask is that she was pulled out of the river in 1902, uh, at least that how it was sold by the molder shop in Paris that was the first to produce the mask in, in a serial manner. The person who, the company who invented uh, uh, Resuciani um, was inspired by this mask. The story goes that the owner of the company um, who rescued his son from drowning uh, saw the mask and found it very appeasing and it, it found it to be very appropriate for people to learn how to save people from drowning. Uh, because according to him, you need to be working with a, a, a doll whose face was in some ways attractive or at least not something that would rebuke people from trying the mouth to mouth CPR training. Interesting. But but <laughs> it's more complex because we the, the legend that was invented around the mask um, is 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 certainly not exact. So hmm. okay so what parts do we question then? Where where do we get a little bit skeptical on it? Well, there are many elements that you can get skeptical about. The first one is um, the story, the story in itself, or I rather should say the stories, because this mask has many stories attached to it. What we know is that this mask is does exist. It, it was sold massively in the interwar period, first in France and then in uh, in Germany, all over Europe, and and soon in the U.S. as well. Um, but uh, it's unlikely that it was made on a woman who drowned herself in the sand simply because it's too beautiful to be uh, a death mask. As you can see, if you just Google her name, you will find many uh, images of, of her face. And um, it, it does not correspond to to any, you know, to the face of people who drown because when people drown, they're 
uh, skin is imbued with water, there are creases, there are mm-hmm. uh, the, the skin is not smooth, and if you apply any kind of form of plaster or, or materials on the skin, then then you can't have the smoothness of the face. And also, people are are are, are swollen, uh, even for someone who stay in water just a couple of of, of minutes, uh, it would be enough for the skin and the face not to be. And not to appear as, as as peaceful. So the first thing we can be skeptical about is the fact that it was in fact a drawn woman. The second element is the date, um, because I mean you can still buy it in Paris from a model shop called Lorenzi. It's a it's a family business that dates back from the 19th century. So they they sold it with the legend that this woman was fished out of the Seine in 1902. But we have photographs and drowning of that mask that dates back to earlier in the 19th century. We have drownings of art school students that dates back from 1867. And the first literary text that refers to the Inconnu de la Seine is in fact a British text uh, from a decadent writer in 1898. So uh, the date is as well, not not certainly correct. Right. Um, what, but what is the fascination then with this particular face, with this particular unknown woman? What it, and it's been like well, two hundred years. What is the fascination? So the fascination has been extreme, and and I think it it's because it condenses many paradoxes. I will say of our own relationship to death. Um, she's supposed to represent a form of, in a way, violent, anonymous death in a big city, but she looks like the, you know, the contrary image to to what death is about. It's a very romantic topos. She's young and beautiful. Uh, that's one thing. Um, also, the fact that there's an impossibility, in fact, to to find a precise date. Um, is, is something that has triggered a lot of fascination. And you have this beautiful face with many ellipses, with many, you know, holes or blanks attached to a story so people can project onto it so many things. Um, and also she's resonant uh, to many anthropological practices uh, and historical um and to the historical context of the of 19th century Paris. So she also belongs to, if you want, a mythology of the city in a way. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, isn't it? That fact that this still, we don't know a whole lot about the actual case of how this woman ended up where she did. Like the, it was never solved. We still don't know who she is. No, we don't know who she is. We, we can't even... We don't have an original uh, of of the mold of of the inconnu because molders used to swap uh, uh, molds uh, in the 19th century. It's a practice that was inherited from molders uh, in in the Quattrocento. So they, you don't have, if you want, one original mold that will enable to to, to fix the date. That's one thing. Um, so there's a, a a halo of enigma that will certainly not be resolved. Um, and of course this. This is a you know a true provocation for for imagination, um, but why she has become so so fascinating to me? It's because she condenses many uh, contradictory elements. She's 
young and beautiful, but she's dead. She looks uh, dead and alive. Uh, she's anonymous, but she's famous. Uh, she's modern and she's ancient. So in a way, she kind of uh, embodies the very mechanism of fascination itself. It certainly seems... And she has been... Sorry. I was, I was going to say, I also want to ask you about the death mask, because yeah. that's how she obviously became better known. Was that a, a popular thing at the time, to make death masks, and why? Yes, it was extremely popular in the 19th century. Uh, it's an anthropological practice we have kept to forget, in fact, but um, it started with a, a certain cult of the artistic genius uh, in Europe. Masks were made, death masks were made on famous people at the time of, of the burial. You have a very famous mask of Beethoven, you have one of Napoleon, you have one of Jericho, um, and, and the list is in fact quite quite uh, quite long but in the in the second half of the 19th century the practice became something that was associated with 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 uh, burial rites people would made an imprint of the face of their dear ones uh, before their body would decompose as a, a, a way to to keep a, a trace of, of, of them uh, to keep a memory um, it was called the last portrait this practice and it needs to be as well related to the practice of the photographic last portraits one thing we tend to have forgotten as well is that the, the photography as a practice was developed along with mm -hmm. uh, death portrait so the death mask is is, is part of that as well um, so they were very popular but with the inconnu de la scène what's i would say specific is that it's a female mask a uh, famous death mask tend to be death mask of famous men. And here you have a death mask of a woman. That's one thing. And plus she's anonymous. Um, and she also became famous in the interwar period because her image was reproduced in a collection of death masks um, by, by an art historian. Um, and this collection was called Das Edwige Entlitz in German, mm -hmm. which was translated as the eternal face. And you had this collection of famous death masks, but the mask of the inconnu closes this collection and she's the only anonymous mask so it's to be noted as well it is fascinating thank you so much for telling us about it today thank you so much for your invitation was that not so interesting? That's Dr. Ange Sayo, who's an associate professor of Romance Studies and director of the Center for French and Francophone Studies at Duke University.